Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very well-established, well-known coach from the U.S., currently living in Mexico, Mr. Dean Miles. Dean, welcome to the show. Ash, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Dean is the founder and president of Bridgepoint Coaching and Strategy Group. So, uh, Dean, let's talk coaching strategy and teams. That's something that you work on a lot today. Uh, but before we get into uh, what you do with teams, tell me a little bit about Bridgepoint Coaching and the kind of work you do. Yes, my journey to find coaching, or did coaching find me? Mm-hmm. When I graduated college, Ash, my thought was I was going to go to law school. Mm-hmm. So two weeks before that was to begin, I had this epiphany of, is that really what I want to do? Mm-hmm. And I heard about a company that that hired out undercover narcotic agents yeah. or just undercover investigations. Mm-hmm. So a young dean, right, had lots of hair back then, not so much on the chin, <laughs> but more so on the head. Yeah. And I learned a really powerful lesson from the drug enforcement agency in the U.S. government mm-hmm. and the difference between trusting your instinct and obeying your instinct. Okay. Trusting versus obeying. Here's the lesson. And this has taken me to running successful businesses mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's made me a better coach. Mm-hmm. And the DEA would talk about, imagine if there was a man who had a wheelbarrow. And he would push this wheelbarrow across this line, this wire, across mm-hmm. a big cavern, big a big uh, valley. Mm-hmm. And he could ask the crowd, do you believe I could put a person in the wheelbarrow and take them across safely? And mm-hmm. ask the crowd, yeah, we believe, we believe. Mm-hmm. Right? We trust. Then he says, who wants to go? Mm. That's different to be the person in the wheelbarrow. Mm -hmm. And so I find that leaders do this well. They don't just trust their instinct. They Mm -hmm. obey their instinct. So that set me on a path. I got into Mm -hmm. pharmaceuticals. We had so much money for Mm -hmm. learning and development to spend. And here's what we found, Ash. It didn't work. Mm -hmm. What do I mean? It would get better, but then it would come back to a baseline. And we would try the next thing, then we'd get better and we'd get worse. Mm-hmm. Then I read this quote by Samuel Johnson, most mm-hmm. quoted guy, second to William Shakespeare. And his quote is, we need to be reminded more than we are instructed. Mm-hmm. We need to be reminded mm-hmm. more than we're instructed. That's and it. that's when I knew I could build a coaching firm around that. Because there are very successful people that I get to coach, very successful leaders mm-hmm. and people that listen to your podcast, The Brand Called You. They need to be reminded more than they're instructed because we know good things. We just stop doing them. Mm. So I started a coaching firm in in 2007, and that's what we do. We join individuals and teams, and we end up reminding them Mm. of these principles, and it has real bottom line impact for them. Wonderful. So, you know, when I was reading about you, what fascinated me uh, me was that you you have done a lot of work with teams. Um, Let me start by asking you, what is your definition of a team? That's a great question. Great question, Ash. I mean, a team is where the best things happen, and it's where the worst things happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, We've heard these phrases that it takes a village, Mm -hmm. or teamwork makes the dream work, Mm -hmm. or to go fast, 
you go alone. But if you want to go far, you go together. Right. Right? We know those phrases. We mm. know that they're true. So the underlying word, if you go mm. way, way, way back, where did this term team come from? And it was really from the Germans, and they would take all of these animals together to pull something, Correct. right? Pulling. It also has a uh, an underlying notion just from childbirth of just forming something new, right? Mm. Something's coming forth, mm. which I think is really, really interesting. And so both of those things, teams, obviously, is more than one person. But it means we're doing something that's difficult and we're doing something that's necessary. Mm. Very interesting. And uh, what is effectiveness? Yeah, I, I think we're all kind of looking at that, even with new realities. Mm -hmm. um, you take the term VUCA. I would imagine some of your audience is familiar with that mm -hmm. term. So it's mm -hmm. volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. Correct. In that type of reality, how do you now measure effectiveness. Mm -hmm. So if effectiveness is producing a result that's wanted, mm -hmm. that's how I define effectiveness. Mm -hmm. What I'm finding that, that managers and leaders are being asked to do is to go above and beyond being effective and to be mm -hmm. efficient. So still produce the result that, that we're looking for, but mm -hmm. do it without wasting the type materials, time, and energy. Mm -hmm. So for those of, our, those of you that are younger managers, the bar has now been raised on you, right? It's mm -hmm. volatile, it's uncertainty, it's complex, ambiguity. We don't want you just to get the results that we are wanting you to get. We want you to do it without wasting time, energy, and materials. Mm -hmm. It's challenging, mm -hmm. really, really challenging. Yep, very interesting, very interesting. And, you know, when I was reading about you, you also talk about two requirements for having a perfect team. What are these two? Yes. Yeah, so Google did a project called mm. Project Aristotle. And they, I mean, I love, most of us are very familiar with Google. These are very, very smart engineers that ask really great questions. Mm -hmm. And it was, what makes a great team? Mm -hmm. And of course, that makes that gets my attention, right? Mm -hmm. And I want to not just trust my instinct, but obey my instinct in that space. They took two years and they studied 180 teams. Mm -hmm. highly successful teams. And they wanted to know, can they predict what a team does that is successful? Mm -hmm. I'm going to read a couple of things that mm -hmm. we used to think would be needed. Mm -hmm. the, does the team size matter? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us have said it does matter. Yep. Their research showed Ash does. had very little impact. Mm -hmm. What about the tenure? What about mm -hmm. the seniority? Mm. What about if they were introverts or extroverts? What if there was high level of diversity? Mm. What if they were in the same room? What if they were all over the place geographically? Mm. They found none of those things were predictive of a team being a high performing team. Mm. But if I bottom line that, it had a lot less to do with who was on the team and a whole lot more to how does the team treat each other? Mm. So this is interesting. So what are the two things? The first one is, was equal participation. So in a team setting around a conference table or a board table, or even a lunch table, mm -hmm. everyone participates mm -hmm. over time, right? It doesn't mean that everyone gets the same two minutes, but over time, everyone's participating. Mm -hmm. 
MIT did a side study off of this, Ash. And what happens if someone consistently dominates the conversation? Mm. What they found is that the collective intelligence of the team meets a statistical significant drop, mm-hmm. right? And Dean's language, the team gets dumb. Okay. okay. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. So we're, we're, we're trying to do hard things and someone mm. keeps talking. Mm. The same person keeps talking. The collective IQ diminishes. Mm. So Google found predictive of a highly effective team. If you and I were just sitting in the corner and we're watching this team mm. interact, if everyone's participating, we can start to predict probably a high-performing team. Mm. The second thing, we know this term, we hear it often, of the psychological safety. Mm-hmm. More, more specifically, what Google found was the ability of the manager, mm. the ability of the leader to mm. be able to read the emotions of mm. the team and the individual team members and be correct. Mm-hmm. So how do you measure that? Mm. Well, in 1997, a professor designed this test. It's called reading the mind's eye test. Mm -hmm. And here's what he did. Mm. And uh, we could maybe post-production put in one of these pictures so your audience can Mm. see it. Mm. But they took um, still shots from a movie. So you see from the eyebrows to the Mm -hmm. top of the nose. So they know what emotion the actor or the actress was trying to do. Mm -hmm. And so you then, as the test taker, you have four options Mm -hmm. to choose from. So looking at these eyebrows, eyes, nose, was a person excited? Mm -hmm. Were they fearful? Were they contemplative? Or were they angry? And so there's 36 of these, Ash, and your score predicts your ability to lead a high functioning team. Amazing. And it's re and it's reproducible, mm-hmm. right? The results of this are so reproducible, it's actually admissible in, in court, Amazing. which I really, really is fascinating. So just to kind of mm. summarize those two things, equal mm. participation and the leader's ability to read the emotion of the team. Mm. It's called actually I'm looking at my notes. It's called the theory of mind or Tom theory mm-hmm. of mind, mm-hmm. the ability to recognize thoughts and feelings of others and predict their behavior. Mm. Fascinating. Fascinating. And yet, you know, team dynamics, you know, we've all led teams, team dynamics changes every time there is a change in the, in, 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 in the team structure or when someone leaves yes. or someone joins the team. Uh, yes. How do you monitor uh, team dynamics like this? And what should one be doing to bring the same level of uh, performance back again? Yeah, it's a great question, Ash. I wish there was a simple uh, one time, you know, just do this thing and it covers yeah. you for one year. Uh-huh. <laughs> it doesn't. It is, it is a constant paying attention hmm. to, the, to momentum. Momentum is really key. I think when we're looking for more lagging indicators, we can, we can, well, lagging, we can be 15, 30 days behind of what is the team doing. We often see it in sports, Mm. Ash. Your team that you you like versus Mm. another team that's not your favorite, and you're Mm. watching this game, and all of a sudden, something shifts. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh. I think we're going to come back. I think we're going to win this game, right? Mm. What, what is that that we feel? Mm. If there was a momentum shift, 
And so managers that are paying attention, a constant, relentless paying attention to momentum of their team, Hmm. what causes the momentum to go in your favor? You need to identify what was it. Mm -hmm. We need to capture it. We need to accelerate it. Or conversely, ooh, we just lost some momentum. Mm. What was it? We have to recognize it. We have to name it. And we have to get rid of it, right? We no longer tolerate it. Yeah. So constant constant attention is one thing. Mm. There's also this idea of knowing who's your first follower. Mm-hmm. So when someone new comes onto the team, what mm-hmm. tends to happen is that the new follower doesn't emulate the leader. They emulate the first follower. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm, if you're the leader, Ash, and I'm your first follower, and we yeah. have a new person join our team, mm-hmm. they're not going to, they're not going to act and behave the way you do. They're going to act and behave the way I do. Mm-hmm. So it's imperative, Ash, that you make sure as I, as I being your first follower, that mm-hmm. I am leading in a way and, and responding you to a, a way, supporting you in a way, mm-hmm. challenging you in a way mm-hmm. that benefits the team dynamics because that's what the rest of the team is going to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Now, when we lose someone, if we lose the person on our team who was the first follower, mm-hmm. it can get very messy. Okay. <laughs> so then right the new manager quickly needs to identify who's the new first follower mm. wow that's a new term i've learned today the first follower wonderful but you know dean we've just come out of of the pandemic and that resulted in all members of teams working from home what yes. is your perspective on how did the pandemic or not seeing one another physically uh, due to, uh, you know, the dynamics of a team? I think we still have a lot to learn there, Ash. There are behavioral psychologists that are mm-hmm. still untangling all these different dynamics. I think what we, it, it, what's safe to say is mm-hmm. the strengths and the weaknesses of the team and the manager were revealed. Mm-hmm. If, you've had, if you had health pre-pandemic with equal participation, and your ability to read the emotions of your team members, mm. then you went into this virtual dynamic, you did okay. Mm. If you weren't doing those things well pre-pandemic and you had those that were dominating your meetings and you weren't effective of reading the emotions and the minds of your team, mm. I think that that was revealed and I think you really struggled. Mm. I'm finding We've really gotten good at this, mm-hmm. this Zoom type of video yep. conferences. Yeah. And then when we're getting back together, mm-hmm. I'm finding we're not as good as we used to be mm-hmm. <laughs> back when we're live, right? We're realizing how tall or how short we are because we're mm-hmm. all the same height Correct. here on Zoom. Correct. So some of, the, some of those dynamics certainly shifted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the other thing, Ash, where it was revealed is, the team's norms of just how did they how did they joke with each other? How did mm-hmm. they do the water cooler moments, you know, before or after meetings? Correct. At, at first we didn't do those things well and we certainly got better mm. at it over time. Mm. You're but right. Challenging nonetheless. You're right. I mean, when I was you know running large companies, there used to be this phrase called management by walking around, you know, and you'd go and sit in someone's yes. some other leader's room, have a cup of coffee and talk about something, you know, but I think that dynamics was very different. But moving on, uh, I'd love also to get your perspective, Dean, on 
how does culture impact teams? A lot of conversation, I would say over the last 20 years of, of what drives what, you know, does mm-hmm. the strategy go first? Does culture go first? Um, you know, those that have said that, that culture eats strategy for lunch, mm-hmm. right? You know, you've heard or, or yep, strategy for that. breakfast. Yeah. I think Google in their study, and mm. I would encourage your listeners to go and just Google Project Aristotle. There's a lot to learn there mm-hmm. of, of, of the norms. It really was the culture of the team that was the most predictive of mm. them being high performing. Mm-hmm. Their ability to do these five C's, to clarify, mm-hmm. to confirm, to communicate, and to connect. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is this, what's the impact on, on consequences? Mm-hmm. I haven't thought about this, Ash, but there's really, I guess, those six C's. So for culture to happen at its highest level, mm-hmm. the team is really good at confirming, mm-hmm. clarifying, communicating, finding who or what needs to be connected. And mm-hmm. they're very, very top of mind of what will be the consequences. Mm-hmm. Well said, well said. Uh, so one more question for you before I move to another segment. Uh, how do we manage or how do we uh, measure reactions of teams in crisis? <laughs> ah, well, it takes me to a new term that I've learned. So we mm. talked about VUCA earlier. Mm. BANI happens to be the next one. So B-A-N-I. Mm-hmm. If VUCA was rooted in um volatility they're saying mm-hmm. banny is rooted in chaos okay. so banny is brittle mm-hmm. anxiety mm-hmm. so anxiety uh, non-linear yeah and incomprehensible mm-hmm. so things that we thought were stable not only are they not volatile anymore mm-hmm. they're just brittle they mm-hmm. can just disintegrate into dust Anchors, strong things, foundational things within our businesses, and it's just gone. Mm. Anxiety and anxiousness. If Correct. you're looking at some of the statistics, especially in that 25 to 35 year old mm. uh, um, group, management group, the level of anxiety that they're feeling mm. is really unprecedented. They're saying seven out of 10 mm. are having anxious moments, panic attacks, even at work, non linear. We're, we're seeing solutions that A no longer equals B. Mm. I'm getting to answering your question, how do we measure this? Mm. And then with the incomprehensible, there are things that just don't make sense. Mm -hmm. Looking at some of the supply chain issues, even though I can see all these things and plot them out, Mm. do my SWOT analysis, it's incomprehensible. Mm. So how in the world do you measure the team? Mm. I'm finding that what we can control Mm. is the momentum, right? It's finding these leading indicators, finding these behaviors, Mm. and we do the right behaviors every single day Mm. because the lag is going to be VUCA. The Mm. lag is going to be banning. I'm seeing supply chain managers doing the absolute right behaviors Mm -hmm. and they're getting the most terrible results. Wow. 
pre-pandemic, that manager getting those results would have been fired immediately. Mm-hmm. The one, but yet they're getting terrible results today and they're getting promoted. Mm-hmm. Why? Because organizations are shifting of they're not holding them accountable mm-hmm. to these results that they can't control. Mm-hmm. Because of VUCA, because of Banny, what they're measuring is, are you doing the right behaviors mm-hmm. every single day? as we've identified them. Now you even go to compensation and bonuses. I've seen manufacturing companies change their bonus structures mm-hmm. because in 2020 and 2021, these teams have never worked harder mm-hmm. and they got zero bonus mm-hmm. because they didn't have materials to produce. Correct, correct. Well said. So big shifts in yeah, big shifts in the culture to mm. measuring the behaviors and measuring momentum versus measuring the output. Very interesting. So I have time for one more question, and that's time to decide what to ask you. Okay. Let me stay now with themes and the great resignation. You know, everybody yes. in the world is now talking about the great resignation. And you've already told me a little bit about uh, how the first follower must uh take the slack if more people leave. But what happens to a team, as I'm sure it is happening in many organizations, where several people leave simultaneously because their imperatives or their reality has changed? Yeah, well, the impact on momentum is is catastrophic. I mean, catastrophic when you have those those key team members leave and they leave together. A couple of things that I think we some of my behavioral psychologist uh, peers have mm. identified those within this great resignation. What has been clear is what they don't want to do, what they no longer will tolerate. Mm-hmm. What isn't clear is what do they want? Mm-hmm. What are they looking for? We know what they're running from. Mm. We're not sure what they're running to. Mm. So for those that have stayed at the organization, and you see three of your friends mm. leave, but you're but you're clear on why they left because mm. you know what they're running from, but you have no idea what they're running to. Mm-hmm. So now you also see, yeah, mm. we didn't have everything put together at our organization. Our leader, our manager, our boss is not the kindest of individuals, but I'm not sure what I'm looking for. I'll go back to that term mm. banning. Mm. It's feels like chaos, Ash. It's just, it's complete chaos. Yeah. Chaos. My recommendation, you know, to those individuals that are that are still on the team or the manager for the team mm-hmm. is, again, I'll go back to what Google shows in Project Aristotle, is to read the emotions of your team. Mm-hmm. To read the emotions of those individuals of, you look, you look sad. <laughs> you look lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, you look confused. You look perplexed, right? Grab your coffee, you know, as you talked about earlier, and let's talk this through. Mm. It's not an is it, it's an easy question. It's the right question. It's not an easy answer. Mm. For sure, this great resignation. We know what people don't want. We're not sure what they do want. Well said. Well said. And I think that that's a great definition I've heard of the great resignation. We are not sure what they don't want and or what is it you're and we're not sure what they do want isn't it so okay yes so, yes so yeah. dean, uh, dean on that note uh, and your starting comment of trust your 
don't just trust your instinct, obey your instinct as a leader. And your strong advice to everybody uh, to try and read a little bit about Project Aristotle. Uh, thank you for speaking to me uh, today. Thank you for talking to me uh, about teams, about what goes into making a team. I've learned so many new things from you uh, to do today, including the term, the first follower, even though I've led teams so many so many teams across uh, the world over the last four decades. Mm -hmm. But first follower is, is definitely a first time I've heard this term. And uh, thank you for talking to me about the mind's eye test and uh, everything all you know else that you spoke about was an absolute eye opener for me. Thank you again and good luck. Thanks, Ash. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.